Welcome to the Daniel Artest Podcast, and today we have a bonus episode. I was recently on the Off the Glass Podcast with my homie Zach, and we talked about basically the big blockbuster trade with the Houston Rockets sending James Harden to Brooklyn. We also got into some Kyrie Irving stuff. We just going to get right into it. With that being said, thank you for listening to the Daniel Artez Podcast. Also, follow the Off the Glass Podcast to wherever you consume your podcast content. All right? Peace. Let's get into it. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Off the Glass Podcast. I'm your host, Zach, and you know my motto, fan of no team. But a love of basketball and had to bring my guy Daniel Artest from the Daniel Artest podcast to break it down, breaking news. As we all know by now, basketball fans, it's finally done. James Harden got him what he wanted. He's no longer a Houston Rocket. He didn't pack his bags and he's headed to Brooklyn to become a member of the Brooklyn Nets. So we're going to break down that trade. We're going to go all through, talk about all the moving parts, because trust me, ladies and gentlemen, it's a lot on. We're going to offer our thoughts. But real quick, welcome to the show, D.A. Man, thank you for having me on the show, brother. Um, Man, big, big day today. NBA trade news, unexpected. I wasn't expecting none of this to happen, but here we are, man. <laughs> here we are. I, but like we were saying right before we started, you know, I kind of had a sneaky suspicion after the comments he made in last night's presser that something was going to happen sooner or later, because really in a lot of ways, he kind of played the last card that he had and pushed all his chips in the center from a player's perspective. Cause we know we're former players. What did you think of his comments via uh press conference? And then we'll get into the trade. Hey man, I think I thought those press, I thought those comments was crazy, man. You know, there's a, <laughs> there's a way of going about it. That's James Harden basically telling Houston, like, get me out of here. You know what I'm saying? Like, when you, when you want to trade, you're going to make sure that you're going to do everything possible to get out of it. It's like I said it on Twitter earlier today. It's like you gotta you gotta you gotta get yourself muddy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you gotta get yeah. you gotta get stained up so they can get you out of there. And then you know, winning cures everything, man. So James Harden did what he had to do. You know, a, a lot of players that requested trades, they go through this route to get out of there. You know what I mean? They put the pressure on the organization to, to, to make that move. And you know what? I, I didn't, I mean, I'm just a different type of guy. I don't know if I necessarily agree with throwing people under the bus and getting, you know, doing all that. I think yeah. it's kind of a slippery slope, but I think that's just the nature of the beast, the nature of the business, to be honest with you. There's no loyalty per se in, in business. I thought for me, it was interesting. His word choice, you know, Tom, I did all I can do. Yeah. In Houston is almost if like it wasn't his fault. And, you know, that's kind of been the narrative going with this, you know, it was something with Westbrook. It was something with CP3. It was something with, you know, Dwight Howard. So it's like it always seems to be all these other moving parts besides James Harden. But now we're here, you know. So mm-hmm. recap the trade real quick. DA, what did you see? Let's reca- recap real quick. Go ahead. All right. So Brooklyn has acquired James Harden, man, a four-team deal, man, with Houston, Cleveland, and the Pacers. Uh, the Nets obviously get James Harden, and that's it. The right. Rockets get – Victor Oladipo, they also get Rodians, Courage, Dante Exum. They get the four unprotected first-round picks. So that's Brooklyn's 2022, 2024, 2026, and Milwaukee's 2022 first-round pick. And they also get um, four unprotected first-round pick swaps. The Pacers get Karis LeVert, and the Cavaliers get Jared Allen and Torian Prince. Man, that is – Man, and if you're the Rockets – 
they they're already saying this is like far as picks the greatest haul like this tap tops the Paul George from the Thunder to the Clippers trade. I mean, a total of eight picks, mm. four pick swaps, and four in first round. And then what's if you? I mean, let's read the detail, the fine print, all unprotected. Yeah. I mean, what did I mean? I I'm I'm not gonna lie, D. I think I'm kind of surprised. I like I like James Harden. He's good. But that's almost like LeBron James, Anthony Davis, you know, Luka Doncic, almost Giannis, Steph Curry type of haul. I mean, yeah. what, I mean, how and to me, and I, and I followed up with this. It seemed like the Rockets had no leverage because Harden wanted out to pull off this kind of deal, man. Were, were you surprised they got this many picks? Yeah, and man, listen, see, this is why I like doing the shows because we always have the same mind, bro. Yeah. The Rockets had no leverage in this deal at all. And they come out with the best, with the best. They won it. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Right, right. <laughs> they win the, they win the trade on paper. From what I'm looking at right now, you know what I'm saying? Um, it, it's it's just amazing. It's just amazing what what Houston was able to do. You know what I mean? Shout outs to um, I don't know that new. I know I think his last name is Stone, the GM of yeah, the Rockets. Yeah, shout yeah. out to him for getting the deal done. You know, shout out to him for getting the deal. You done. know what though? Now I'm, while we're talking it through, that's just how my mind works. One can argue maybe Brooklyn didn't have any leverage because we still don't know the status uh, of of Kyrie Irving. Like we still don't know what that how that is going to play out. And you know, me and you kind of had the the players mentality as far as the whole Kyrie thing about he doesn't know any owe anybody anything. I'm not really comfortable getting into other adults' business, but mm-hmm. I will say this: like I said in, in, in Clubhouse, I'll offer this caveat. I just feel like as an adult, though. He should kind of get in front of this a little bit because now the, the snowball is getting out of hand. And one thing I know me personally, I like to control my own narrative per se. Yeah. But I also think of, too, and this might seem minor, when you saw him on the Zoom call, did you see that picture? I mean, he's sitting there just smirking. <laughs> Part of me thinks like Kyrie is enjoying all, all this a little bit. What do you think, DA? All right, so I had a conversation with my brother today. And this is this is why I'll be telling people, man, listen to me, because I've been in these situations, not as a player. Right. And it's not cap. It's not cap. You're not name dropping. It's just literally this happened to be your experience. Exactly. So what yeah. I did was I spoke to Ron this morning. I was asking him, right? And Ron was like, listen, when he when he did what he did, when he asked for time off for his teams and stuff, mm-hmm. he made sure that he contacted the organization. He didn't have to be transparent with nobody else. Not even the players, not even the coaches. But as long as he contacted the organization, whether it's the president or the ownership, that's okay. You know what I'm saying? Then sometimes he was really going through something where he couldn't play, you know, when he wasn't feeling right. And then sometimes he really didn't want to play. Mm, mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And he's yeah, saying that yeah. the way Kyrie is Irv- way, the way Kyrie is acting with the um with the picture on the Zoom, because I sent it to him. He's like, yo, Kyrie probably just don't give a F right now. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> but right. also let's, let's add in this with Kyrie. Kyrie wears his emotion on his sleeve. You know, I'm not gonna say Kyrie has mental health issues because I don't we don't, don't want to diagnose him with that. We don't know that. So when people right. say that, we got to stop. It's dangerous. But Kyrie wears his emotion on his sleeve with everything that's going on in the country right now with, you know, the injustice of everybody getting killed and, um, you know, the capital riots where nobody or, you know, one person or whatever got killed or whatever. Um, you know, he that adds up. It, it weighs heavy on him because sometimes it weighs heavy on me. I don't podcast when stuff like this happens. It's hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really hard. It takes, if I lose something every time something happens. So Kyrie is doing what's best for him. You know right. what I mean? So if that means that he's he's going to get out of here for a little bit, go ahead. I can tell you this right now. I bet you my everything that I have, all my investments, all my money, 
everything I got in savings, right? <laughs> that Kyrie went to the ownership, told him his situation and what was going on, right? Yeah. Between him and the organization, not between him and the coaches and yep. the players, they don't got to know the details of it, but all they know that Kyrie need time off. Yep. Now the owners go like this. All right. All right, we give you your time off, man. You got a week, two weeks, whatever. But when we, when we need you to come back, we need you to come back. Or else, you know what I mean, they're going to start doing the fine thing. Yep. The only time the fines has been mentioned is because he's violating the pro, COVID protocol. Right. Make sure we make that clear. The, the, so, Because it's almost, people got to understand, it's two separate situations. He was already taking time off, and now it's COVID. So only fines that have been mentioned is because of the NBA COVID-19 protocol. Continue. Yeah. So now when the owner, now if he's getting fined by the team, that's when he got to rein it in. He don't have to be transparent to the media. He don't have to be transparent to his players. The ownership already know, and he's out of there. And that's it. Hey, just come back. And you know he's working out because he's done this before where he bounced. He always comes back in shape. Kyrie yep. going to be Kyrie. Yep. I think that this trade right here, man, you know what I mean, actually puts a little bit more excitement for him to come back because now you got James Harden now. At the end of the day, I know James Harden's name is in the mud, but at the end of the day, James Harden still a 30, 11 assists, Eight rebound player, okay. That you're getting, you see what he'll be in shape in two weeks. He'll be in shape in two weeks. Yep, he's one. He's an MVP and one of the best players and scores. And he's gonna be right down the street from you know one of the trainers in New York. You know, I'm pretty sure they'll get him in the gym and get him right. But you know what? I don't even think Kyrie even cares about this. I just really don't. Part personally, I think if anything, him and Kevin Durant's bond is really that that like a like a brotherhood. Like they really that strong. And I and it could be that Ky, they talked to Kyrie and Kyrie like cool, but I also think it could be that he went to KD went to Kyrie and said, "Hey, James about to come here. Let's go ahead and do this, bro. Knock this out for me, and then you could revisit this at the end of the season." So mm-hmm. I think they come back, they try to make that championship run. We'll see what happens, but I'm gonna prognosticate now and throw it out there. I think maybe Kyrie is done after this season, but I think he's gonna at least give his friend maybe you know this this moment, this trade, and see where they go with it. What do you think? I think that um, we, me and you created the room on Clubhouse called Real Basketball Talk, No Hot Takes. And I think that you're saying that Kyrie Irving going to retire after this year. That's definitely yeah. a hot take, man. You no, think- it's not really a hot take because I've been saying this consistently for two, three years since I started the podcast. You know, I call him the Bosky out of basketball, and I thought yeah. it was ironic that he said his favorite artist was Bosky out. I really didn't know that. Mm. But I think I didn't think he was going to finish this after this contract. I thought he would be done. But I think with the pandemic and everything going on, maybe he's sitting back like, you know what? The money is good. I never seen him flossing no jewelry. He don't seem like that type of dude. Far as I know, he probably ride a bike to Barclays. I don't know. Probably take the, the what y'all got out there, the F train, G train, whatever y'all call them out there yeah. in, uh, in New York. And he, we we don't know. So I always kind of thought he would, would be done after this contract. So it wouldn't surprise me now that he like, you know what? Things ain't really getting any better. Let me go ahead and stand on these principles and these things I believe in. And let me see if I can really make a change like I want to. So we're not going to be the dead horse with that, but we'll see how this all shakes out. But now well, I'm going to do the same thing, too, bro. I can tell you, really? <laughs> yes, <Yeah. laughs> well, I'm running to retire from the Pacers during the defensive player of the year award um, campaign, man. He wow. to go. You know what I'm saying? I'm telling you, wow. but then he come back. It, Kyrie. It's eerie similar, man. You know what I'm saying? But Kyrie, yeah. I, I just think that with, with Kyrie, like one last thing. I, I just want to touch on this. I, like we touched oh, no, on the clubhouse ahead. yesterday. It's like we touched on the clubhouse yesterday. Like we got to stop labeling people, man. You know what I'm saying? I, I think that Kyrie's perfectly fine. 
I just that's think that right. Kyrie, he wears his heart in his sleeve. He's standing on his principles, and he got a hard line that he's not going to cross. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, we need some systematic change in this world, and he's doing his part to do it. Yeah, he's on a Zoom call. It'll look funny, but he's out there trying to do the part, making the change and stuff like that. And let's point out all the good stuff that he did so far, you know, creating a series for Breonna Taylor, also paying the WNBA players that, that sat out. You know, I mean, they created what he had a one point yeah, million dollar fund for that with some scholarships, you know? some uh, some some students, some black student scholarships, and all that. No, or, you were right. beyond me giving out two hundred females for beyond me and everything. So we gotta we gotta understand Kyrie. He's he's just a different dude, man. And let's not you know really. I think that what we should do have empathy and yeah. understanding and show love and pray for this brother, man. You know what I mean? Instead of just like going, that's why we do the shows like we do, Zach, because mainstream media, man, they get in there. You're here at this morning. Somebody's like, hey, you should retire today. Blah, 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 blah. You know what I'm saying? So I just think that we should, I'm on the opposite of that, you know? <laughs> yeah, and I think though too, because the, the guy you're talking about, like I saw what he said. I, I thought he made some fair points, just being yeah. fair. I thought he made some fair points. But I think also too, what I've noticed, because I'm kind of, I'm not, in that position, but I've always been kind of like a go against the grain guy. And you're the same way too. You know, we've been around each other, like everybody going left, I'm trying to go right. You know, I, that's just how I am. And those, we're always met with pushback. So I kind of understand where Kyrie is coming from. I think two things is going on. I think he upset some like major people in media, especially when he was in Boston. And then I think it's the flat earth comment. You know, people laugh and joke at that, but at the end of the day, Nobody really knows anything. If you want to just play that card and, and for you to think somebody is mentally unstable because they thought the earth was flat. He ain't the first person that said that. And you ain't never had a conversation with him. You don't know why he came to that conclusion. And then I just think the narratives that have been painted in the media is, is what we're getting from this. And I said this. It's interesting as we do these podcasts, DA. What I've been noticing is however somebody's portrayed in the media, that's how we view their games. Mm -hmm. Prime example is the late great Kobe Bryant. Kobe was not getting as much love. He was not getting as much love. I was always transparent. I always respected Kobe's game, but I'm not going to sit here and act like he was one of my favorite players either because that's not keeping it real. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, now now that he's no longer here, everybody want to shower him with all this praise. And I see the same thing going on with Kyrie. We see the same thing going on with LeBron sometimes. It's a whole list of guys that we could name that – this kind of ruined how we viewed them and their legacy, man. And it's crazy. And to be honest with you, I'm kind of tired of all of it. And yeah. we talked about mental health. A lot of people on here think that they're, you know, uh, experts in that field. And I'm somebody that, because of my job I had for the last five years, I worked with that every single day. I've seen the worst. I've seen the good. I've seen and dealt all of that. But even with that being said, I'm not going to just throw that out there and put that stigma on that for anybody. So, yeah, yeah, man, like I said, I think all this is going to shake out well. The question going forward now is when you look at what's left on the roster, very top heavy. Reminds me of Miami with Bosh Wade and LeBron because the rest of those guys, and I I got it pulled up now, they kind of been kind of inconsistent early on. So, they still might have some work to do. I know they got three open roster spaces. What do you see with the Nets now in their remaining roster now that they added James Harden? Hey, they're going to call me. I'm on the Nets. I'll be on the Nets tomorrow. I'll be on the first flight out, baby. Small ball, big man. Now, um, obviously, you know, they, they need they need size, man. You know, what What did Jared Allen do wrong? Like, could they could have made all this yeah. without giving up Jared Allen? But he was, the to be honest with you, him and LeVert were the prize. He, they were the prize. Like, I'm not surprised. And after they signed Joe Harris, that was off the table. So really, those three guys, and then even Dinwiddie to a certain degree. Though, you know what? And Brooklyn, 
you 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 you're getting these kind of positions so you can be able to go after it for championships. At the end of the day, we're trying to win championships. So mm-hmm. they had all those nice pieces. They made all those moves. They climbed themselves out of that hole back with the, you know, the Darren Williams, KG, Paul Pierce era, and all that with the, the picks with the Celtics. But yeah. I mean, I'm looking at the roster, bro. It's a huge drop off. Cameron, he played well early, but now he's six points. Jeff Green, eight points. Shaman has been struggling. Shaman is actually shooting from three, 27% right now. Yeah. 27%. So, I mean, what do you think? Who, I mean, because I, I don't want to put you on the spot because there's so many names, but I, I'm trying to, I was trying to think like, who could they add? You know, who could they, what other moves could they possibly make to sure up this roster? Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't get like JaVel McGee back or something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And a move to get, to get, to get some big men. I don't know who's out there on the, on the free agent market. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know what moves Brooklyn's going to make now. You know, like names are out there: Jamal Crawford, Isaiah Thomas, okay, uh, Sebastian Napier. Uh, we know uh, Deion Waiters is out there. We know Lance Stevenson is out there. Michael Beasley just off the top of my head. So, I mean, I don't know how realistic any of that is, barring maybe signing some, maybe some G League guys or something. But they have three open spots. But like, what I, I guess the point I'm driving at. This ain't a slam dunk championship now either. Now that you get Harden, Kyrie, and Durant, like you still need a couple more pieces. Yeah, this this is built. This is basically for next year. People gonna want to go play in Brooklyn. You know, you gotta understand Brooklyn. What's so dope about the Brooklyn Nets is what keeps players in Brooklyn really, and why players want to go to Brooklyn and play is because their facility is in the same borough as Brooklyn. It's not like New York. Where like basically if you were in Chicago, you play in Chicago, but you're practicing out in Deerfield and stuff like that. So you yeah, know right. like traffic. So you know, um that facility matters. So I think that if anything, if if they if it'll work out this year and we who knows, it might it might go to the to the East Finals with that roster. You know, you never know. Cause they're still offensively gifted, especially right. if everybody come back healthy and mm-hmm. Kyrie come back healthy and mm-hmm. Gabe, you know, KD still doing whatever he's doing. That's yep. still a top heavy, that's still dangerous as heck. You know what I mean? So it is, it is. And then the East is still, I mean, it's kind of all over the place right now. You know, looking at the standings, I think Philly might, yeah, no, Boston now is seven and three at the top. And Boston has their own roster issues. I think you can make an argument with all these teams, except for maybe Milwaukee, who hasn't quite jailed yet. I know Bobby Portis uh, has missed time. Uh, mm-hmm. Torian Craig, Giannis has been in and out of the lineup. So I'm not too much worried about them per se. But really, everybody else has kind of been all over the place. I mean, Indiana had a, a great win against Golden State, and people are going to say, well, Zach, that's the Warriors. They're struggling. But no, nah, the way they won that game was an impressive game. So the East is still wide open. You know, Toronto has definitely take a, taken a step back. So mm-hmm. I could see them with even, let's say they make some minor moves to just kind of fill out the roster. I mean, I think they're still a shoe-in to make the Eastern Conference Finals. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, they get just get some you know defensive minded big men out there. Is Dwayne Deadman out there somewhere? Is he available? You know, that's a great question. That's a great question. Let's see. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. If he's available, you know, he him. You know, maybe maybe take a fly on Lance Stevenson. He'll be back home. You know, um, maybe Jamal Crawford. Yeah, I like Isaiah Thomas too. But me personally, as I like my guards tall. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, like, yeah. I like Isaiah Thomas, but we don't know how he is. He say he's 100 healthy. But you could be 100% healthy and lose a half a step or a whole step. And that wouldn't bode well for, for Isaiah Thomas's game, which I really hope he gets back into the NBA, you know. Yeah, and I don't want him to just 
I guess any job is any job, but I almost want to make sure when he gets in, he gets a legit shot, if that makes sense. You yeah. know, I don't want him just getting picked up just because we want to pick up Isaiah Thomas. Like, I want him to be able to come in and be able to contribute. Yeah, Deadman actually got weighed, excuse me, by the Pistons. Yeah, and he's another, he's a solid big man that yeah. and he actually stepped up his three point shooting a lot over the past seasons and stuff. So he can help. He's a veteran, you know. Um, he can help back, you know, back up DeAndre Jordan and stuff. So um there's there's some there's some key, there's some pieces out there and stuff. And hopefully, um Design Musa or that's on Brooklyn. Wait, no, he left. Never mind. Yeah, he did. Got yeah. Traded. yeah, that's tough. So yeah, yeah, they, yeah. they got they got still got some work to do, and you know, yeah. filling out the rest of the roster. I think at the end of the day, we said it in the moment because we just knew what his game was. But they 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 missed Dinwiddie, like they they yeah. really missed Dinwiddie. Like that's 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 a fact. The crazy thing like is, Dinwiddie would be included in this trade except for um Karis Levert. How about that? Yeah, that's possible too. That's very and possible. I think that would have happened. You know what I mean? Or maybe they just trade Kyrie Levert and Dinwiddie and just keep Jared Allen. <laughs> yeah, right. Like they—that was the point, though. They—they they definitely had they had some options. But now if we switch gears and head down to Houston. Mm. You know what's funny? I was talking with my—I was talking with Marcus, uh, my teammate that played with us in Rockford for a little bit, Marcus Jackson, yeah. and um, he was like, "Isn't it funny that this might be the best roster that James Harden kind of had when you really look at it?" And I said, you know what, bro? You 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 might be on to some now. Eric Gordon has has really struggled. Like he, man, he has struggled. But on paper, with John Wall, and I'm one of those guys. I'm I love John Wall. I'm a John Wall fan. I think he's when he's healthy, he's one of the best point guards in the league, man. And he he said it on on the podium. Like it's really amazing. We just didn't even get a chance to even jail. Like nobody even bought in. You know, we, they got Christian Wood. But you got all these these pieces down there. You got the picks, and now you bring in Victor Oladipo. So just so we all are on the same page, they currently sit one spot out of the out of the bottom spot in the West. They're currently in 14th. Do the Rockets make the playoffs? That's my question. Yo, with listen, chemistry is everything, man. Yeah, chemistry is everything. And then with this healthy, when not healthy on, um, but with with the with the subtraction of James Harden, man, it could be an, it could be an addition. You know, I'm used to still get Victor Oladipo back, another all-star player. Surprising when when we got on this call, when you hit me up, I was just like, all right, cool, yeah. And then I see Victor Oladipo in the trade. I'm like, yo, did you see this? So yeah. like, with him, it, it actually helps. You got Victor Oladipo and John Wall in the backcourt. You got DeMarcus Cousins, you know what I mean, a man in the middle and everything. You got um, Christian Wood, who's a revelation. You know, who's really good. I don't even know why James Harden want to leave this team, to be honest. They could have competed for years. You know, um, I think that they – I think they they make a run for it. I think they can get in because think about it. Um, playing 10 teams. Yeah, we got to – yeah, yeah, we got to we gotta remember that. Yeah, I, yeah, Eric Gordon is shooting 29% right now. Jayshon Tate started out as a house on fire. He's not at 28%. So they're not – I mean, even if you look at – the advanced stats, you know, some of this does matter. Defense, offense, 19, offensive rating, defensive rating, 20th, they're 12th in place. So it's like, but to your point, the chemistry has been off. The chemistry has been off. And I mean, nothing to keep rubbing it in, but I mean, James Harden looked crazy out there. He was so out of shape, man. He was a fat guy at the open gym that just, like, how's he scoring? Like, how's this guy scoring? Somebody guard the fat guy. And he just killing everybody. 
he you was know, me and Rock. He was me and Rockford, man. You know what yeah. I'm when I had those games, man. <laughs> you would give us like those good five to seven minute spurts, and then you had to come out. We had to get the defibrillator over there in the oxygen tank, man. But I mean, it's not a bad roster, all jokes aside. When you look at it, no, it's not. I want to look, look at the games and see because we could look at them. So really, they're not that far out of it because second place has four losses. They have six. So still, yeah. bottom line, still a lot to, to be had. There's still a lot of time. I think Victor Oladipo, I mean, he's playing for a contract. You know, he's an, un, he's an unrestricted free agent. Him, DeMarcus Cousins, playing for a contract too. So I think DeMarcus Cousins, his um his output would get better. Well, he's averaging like 7.6 rebounds a game. I think he could be better than that. You know, um, ooh, good, good. Um, good one, yeah, good one, Dominique. I, See, again, I'm not gonna lie, I don't always know who's quote unquote available when I discuss the yeah. game. I still gotta polish that up with my podcasting game, but no, that's a good one. Like they more than serviceable, can step out, step out and shoot, veteran. He's gonna give you some solid defense. Yeah, I mean, they need solid, reliable bodies right now. They really do. They really do. Yeah. New so, York City guy too, as well. Yeah, he is. He is. I forgot about that. So yeah, the I think the Rockets would be fine. I think they're going to be fine. And now, I thought Steven Silas, I was looking even at their offense. I thought they ran some decent stuff. So, again, I think bringing in Oladipo, you remove the the, the cancer that was in the locker room as far as the chemistry and, and Harden, and now we move forward. I'm going to talk about the Pacers next. Let's, let's talk about the Pacers, bro. So, my opinion on the Pacers is that if you really want to, if you really want to be honest about it, like Houston, they got – they they won the trade thing right with all the assets they got with the trades. If you take the assets, if you take the trade part out, Indiana mm-hmm. wins this. I, I agree. I, I knew you was gonna say that, and <laughs> I, I snicker, man, because people want every organization to be ran the same. Mm-hmm. And when you're in smaller markets, you're just playing a different game than everybody else. So your moves have to be more thought out, what more precise. Your scouting department, everybody has to kind of be on that same page because you don't your margin of error is very slim and for them to figure that Oladipo was going to walk because that wasn't a secret that he wanted out and you get Karis LeVert back who's still on the contract you have DeMontis Sabonis who I said yesterday in clubhouse I believe is the most balanced big man in the league I even over Jokic Jokic is is better I'm not saying he's the best big man I said he's the most balanced watch him play his feel of knowing when to post up, when to pop, when to slip, uh, it's, it's one of the best, if not, again, the best in the league. You have Miles Turner. I looked at it. He's still on the contract for two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, you lose Warren to injury and Lamb was still out for injury, but guess what? They were still under contract. Mm-hmm. So they come back next year playing for a contract because what? They're coming off the injury. So I just like what Indiana, you know, has done. You lose Paul George, but then you get some bonus and, and Oladipo back in return. So shout out to their general manager. I don't know who it is. I'm not going to lie to you, but I, I thought they won the trade as well. Yeah, man. Karis LeVert, man. He, he became one of my favorite players after watching him in the bubble. The funny thing about him, because he has some great scoring games, right? Yeah, but then he will have some bad scoring games, but still playmake. He was still getting like 13, 15 assists in the yep. bubble. So I'm like, okay, he's he's really good. And with you know, you got Sabonis, Turner, TJ Warren, Malcolm Brogdon, 
Then you got Karis Levert. That's a nice, solid starting five. When they're healthy, they're a top four, top three team in the East, man. I agree. They're going to be gritty. They're going to be gritty. And then Karis Levert, they finally get, you know what I mean, an all-star scoring type of person. Like, he has potential to be that type of person. We're talking about somebody that that was that scored 50 in the game that, like, he – Yo, Karras is dope to me, man, and um, I'm just glad that he's getting an opportunity to where, like, he could, he could be the man. You know, it's interesting because, and I'm not saying one is better than the other, but I think he's just as good as Oladipo. I think <laughs> Oladipo, obviously, before the injury, was more explosive, mm-hmm. you would say. But Karras LeVert, I would argue, is a better playmaker than Oladipo. Oh. I, I agree with you 100% with that. And, again, um, to see how he played in the bubble, I was – Again, I feel like the bubble kind of showed a lot of people's hands of who was really watching some of these teams play because people were really surprised that Karis LeVert was good. And I was like, okay, you just told on yourself. You haven't really been watching the Nets play. His issue was staying healthy. Yes. Even come, I liked him at Michigan. Yes. I, I loved him at Michigan. Even when he got picked, I, I, I loved the talent. But I was just nervous. I'm like, man, can this man stay healthy? And it's always like these. I call them not your fault injuries. Not saying any injury is ever your fault, but just like them, them freak injuries that he was getting. So again, I'm a, I'm looking at Indiana in the standings. They're tied for third behind Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have enough talent, bro. That let's just say hypothetically, either of these teams, Philly, Boston, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, if, if something happens or they not gelling or Indiana playing well. Indiana could sneak to the Eastern Conference Finals, bro. I really believe they're that good. I believe losing Sabonis last year in the bubble, I people didn't realize how much he meant to their team. He was an all-star last year for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of people sleep on you, you, you can tell who's watching basketball, who's not. You know, what I mean, a lot of people just watching the main games, the national TV games. They ain't really watching small market basketball and stuff. So a lot of people missed out on Sabonis. It's surprising that he's not getting a lot of love. He just had 28, 22, and six in last game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a beast, man. What is he averaging on the season? 24, 12, and five or something like that? He's I'll tell you in a second. Yeah, he's doing, he's doing work. You know, so um, like shout outs to him. He changed, like we talked about him. We just talked about him yesterday. You know how he changed his uh, game. No, Kevin Pritchard as the GM does, Zach. I should have. Oh, he's still there. Okay. No, I thought I thought I thought he was going. I was going to say. I thought he was too for some reason, but yeah. He's still there. That's crazy. Kevin Pritchard's still there. Um, but um, yeah, like he said, like he improved his game a lot. Um, his jump shot over the years since Gonzaga, his drive into the basket, his post up, he got better at. You know, he's just a beast. Look, he got way more in shape. You know, yep. he's he's what you want Zach Collins to be like. <laughs> if he could ever stay on the court, he's he another one. The court, yeah. And I'm looking at it now. You, he's 21.8, 12.5 rebounds. But check this out, DA. He's getting you 5.8 assists. He mm-hmm. almost getting you six assists. And then if you look at the three point shooters percentage, he's not going nuts. He's only attempting two a game. He's shooting 37. percent He need to shoot more. You think so? I think that if you could, if you could shoot basically what what's thirty seven percent two for what two for five pretty much or whatever two for, yeah because he or, or three for seven three for seven I yeah. think they need to shoot more if you had thirty seven percent you could you could, you could shoot more now if you shooting twenty five percent you could stop that's what I always say if you are shooting forty percent from the three point the three point line and mm-hmm. you're shooting six three pointers a game you're only hurting the team if you're shooting forty percent you need to be shooting between twelve and fifteen threes a game that's especially in this era that's just my opinion on that you know yeah. if you're shooting fifty percent. 
you better get 23s up if you if you're a main scorer. See, that's the <laughs> point where the ad, the analytics do matter because we're looking at what people who can really make the shots. That don't mean everybody should be taking that many threes, but those yeah. who are making that kind of three, that kind of percentage definitely should. And again, Malden Brogdon, he's their leading scorer. 22 yeah. points, seven and a half assists, four rebounds, and then he's shooting 45% from three. Milwaukee, Milwaukee. Yeah. whoever's the gym for Milwaukee, please, you're going to have to might have to just pack your bags and get up out of there because y'all should have paid Malcolm Brogdon. Well, That's the championship point guard right there. The question is, I would love to know the behind-the-scenes story. Why mm. did they feel like they had to play Bledsoe? Why did they feel like they had to play uh, pay Bledsoe? Because they paid – remember, they paid him during the season. Yeah. So when Brogdon came up, I uh, would just let him walk. I didn't understand that in the moment. To me, it was clear who was the better player from that standpoint. And we talk about this all the time. Stop being in love with all the glitz and glamour. That doesn't mean Blesso isn't good. I'm not trying to, you know, do that. Yeah. What I'm saying is because, what, Brogdon's jump shot was like a set shot. He's not as athletic. I mean, he did sneakily dunk on LeBron. I saw the highlights the other day. They were showing his stuff. But um, he was the rookie of the year. People say, well, the class wasn't that. But, no, he played – he stepped in and played well. Yep. And he made great decisions coming out of Virginia as a four-year starter and was the player of the year in the ACC. So – Again, all this flash in the pan and all that stuff, like, it's cool. But, mm-hmm. I mean, if you got guys just getting it done, they getting it done. Again, 22 points, seven assists, four rebounds, almost two steals a game. He's shooting close to 47% from the field, 45 from three. His effective field goal percentage, bro, is at 56%. Uh, uh, 50, 56%. So, I, I, I don't – I'm always shaking my head, DA, sometimes with – with who, how we look in and value certain players, man, because if they had him right now, they mm-hmm. might have had room to get a, a, a Bogdanovich in that trade. Because yeah, exactly. You don't, to, you don't have to trade for Drew Holiday. Exactly, exactly. And um, is it like Malcolm Brogdon remind me of when we had Andre Miller on the show when we were talking about yeah. his accomplishments, man, you know? Like, it's just, it's not the glisten glamour. It's not flashy, but the guy gets the job done. He's averaging 20 and seven. Yeah, you know what I'm like come on, man. Was that your partner, um, John? That said, in the, was it John that said in the chat last night how um, these guys have careers that are ten to fifteen years for a reason? You know, yeah. you look up, they didn't play fifteen, they didn't play twenty years. Yeah, yeah. My guy Royce, Royce tapping in. He said he been had it. Uh, talking about Sabonis, eighteen and fourteen last night. <laughs> Somebody else threw in Nick Stauskas. I don't know where he is right now. Is he still? Castillo. I don't know where Sauce Castillo at, man. <laughs> Why are you talking that? <laughs> oh, so what happened was, all right, the story, you, you never heard of the Sauce Castillo? No. Somebody was watching the game on Sac- when he was on Sacramento. Somebody was watching the game on closed caption, and every time it um it came up, um, <laughs> when they were talking about Nick, Skous- Nick Stauskas, yeah. his name came up Sauce Castillo. Castillo. <laughs> <laughs> so that's and, and he, he wrote that name and stuff like that. They made like hot sauce and stuff. It was like a big that is hilarious, man. Names ever right there in the league. Sauce Castillo is a legend, man. Yeah, but um, <laughs> I, I don't know where he at. I'm surprised that he's even out there. He's he's probably out the league. I think he's out the league or something. He was surprised. He was good for. He had his moments and stuff. But it's just crazy how much talent is out there though. That that the Nets can definitely use. Yeah, it is. It is. So I'm pretty sure Sean Marks and them going to do that. 
their due diligence. But let's let's move over to Cleveland. Hey, I mean, you get Torian Prince back. Jared, Jared Allen, I'm assuming they're going to pay him. Um, because they, they ain't got to pay him 200 million, they're gonna pay him half of what they're gonna give Drummond, yeah. Because Drummond is a, a free agent, you really, um, because I pulled it up earlier. Let me scroll back down because they're towards the bottom for our salary. Um, Kevin Love is on the books for two more years, guaranteed, and not yeah. including this year. Drummond comes off the books, Torian Prince has another year, uh, Larry Nance Jr. has another year, and then you have Seti Osman with three more years, including uh, uh, four if you include this year, and then after that, you know, it's Garland. Uh, a coral who they just drafted, excuse me, and Colin Sexton. So I I, I like what you, you, we laughed at Cleveland a lot, but I felt like these are very competent moves for a young rebuilding team. What did you yeah. think? Um, I think that with with Jared Allen, you know, Torian Prince is a veteran. Um, but with Jared Allen, Colin Sexton, and Darius Garden, that's the time. That's the same timeline right there. Player Jared Allen is twenty two years old. Yeah, he's he's not as he's not as good as Drummond and stuff. But like I said. They're gonna pay him more than like less than half of what they're gonna give Drum. Drummond's gonna what command a hundred million and some change on the market. Easy, yeah, easy. With Jared Allen, what seventy? Mount, will you give um him Miles Turner money? Well, he probably have more potential than Miles Turner, so he might get eighty or ninety. What still less than two hundred million? <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? So it, it actually helps with their with their cap space and everything too. And I like Jared Allen. I'm high on him because I like him because he ain't no punk man. You know no. he. Any big man, anybody try to dunk on him these days, really good with rim protection, man. He's a really good, solid player. I'm just surprised that he got included in this deal. Like you said on Instagram, like, like what did I do? Like, you know? Yeah, I, I ain't going to lie on some – I'm trying to promote it. I was trying to find the perfect <laughs> gift. Like, I was scrolling through and trying to find the one. Like, what, what, did, what did he do? Because, again, I think Turner's better because of his ability to stretch the floor and shoot the three, even though he's struggling – um, early on this year. I just think they're two different types of players. But what I do like about Allen is, and I talk about this as a point guard, bro, his ability to screen and knowing how to read screens and how to screen is, is huge. I, the point guard gets all the credit because we're the ones coming off. But I'm telling you, man, I know from experience, it's a huge difference playing with a big guy that I don't have to point where to screen. They just see how the player's playing me and then I could just read what they do. Like, like, that is huge, man. So he's definitely that. The, the rim protection is there. I thought the free throw percentage was getting better. He could finish around the rim. So yeah. I, like, I like about him, too, when you bring up the screen, sorry. um, He he sets the screens of how the point guard is, is directing it. Like, remember how we played? And I always set the screen on an angle so you can get to the basket and score instead of going around and everything. Okay. So that's how he okay. set his screens, too. Really smart screens that set the screen on an angle. You know, yep. what I mean? so like he's going to bring a lot of value to to Cleveland, man. That's a that's they didn't want to part with him. I know for a fact they didn't want to part with him. They had to they had to to get James Harden and you get it. You know, James Harden is this 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 um amazing player. You know, you got to understand something with James Harden in Houston alone. You take away all those OKC years. He's put up Michael Jordan numbers. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> and people thought I was crazy because I did a podcast just having some fun. I was like. Who's the better score, James Harden or Michael Jordan? Mm. And of course, I went with Jordan. But if you're a numbers guy, whether yeah. it was uh per 36, 100 possessions, bro, it was closer than you would even realize. Yeah. Even in yeah. the now, Jordan 
runs away with it in the playoffs. Like when you look at some of the playoffs numbers, but yeah. the scoring, James had him in some of them. I can't remember now whether it was the 100 possessions, one or the per 36, but it was closer than people think if you're talking about raw numbers, data, and far yeah. production. And all I was saying was it's comparable. I mean, you could be old school and call his move a travel, but it's not a travel because that's not what they call nowadays. But he came up with a revolutionary move. Jordan came up with the fadeaway. You know, yeah. so I feel like guys, when you talk about scoring, whether it's George Gervin with the finger roll, Dirk with the one leg, uh, Kareem with the sky hook, the dream shake. You know, when you come up with a patented move, you know, you get to get you get put in those kind of conversations. But people thought it was blasphemous to even suggest. I was like, I had to keep saying it. I'm not saying he's the better player. I'm just asking as far as just scoring the ball. You know how it is. They only want to hear what they want to hear. Like you hear anything with Michael Jordan in it and that he's not better than somebody in a certain thing, they just automatically say that he's a better player. Like if Jordan, like Kobe Bryant shoot better three-pointers than Michael Jordan. Oh, Jordan's a goat. Like we didn't say that. We're not discounting that too. And right. you know what I'm saying? Like, especially with the goat comments. That's why I don't do it no more. My Like you said, your goat has two heads. I say this, my goat is the mansion and LeBron, Kareem, Jordan, they all got a key to it. You know what I mean? Jordan got the master bedroom and everybody else got a room in there too as well. So they all eat at the same dinner table. That's how I describe it. <laughs> and I'm such a nerd. I, every month I got my own like list trying to get this top 10 right. And I'm constantly just moving players all around, but it's always the same names. That's, That's what hilarious. It's always the same names. Is Isaiah Thomas a permanent lock in your top 10? Because he's in mines. Only reason he isn't because the way I look at it, he didn't have the MVPs. Okay. All right. I understand that. I just got him in there because he is the only small guard, point guard, to put the backpack on and lead him to the championship, man. He's He's only in my 15, 20th range. I think that he should be like 13, man. That's tough, man, because of like, like pound for pound, like, Everybody say Allen Iverson has it. I don't think I don't know. I don't know. No, he's, he's, he's the I, I said this last night. He's the only, the only, like I'm gonna say it again so you can listen. The only under because he's not six one. If I am hopefully meet you soon, uh Zeke. Uh <laughs> to to be the man, like I always use this stat because I thought it was crazy when I learned this. When they announced the 50 greatest players of all time, what was that, 97, 98 range, somewhere there? 96. 96. He was the only one not to have one as a teammate from those any of those eras. He's the only one to win a championship and not have one as a teammate. He, I didn't even know that. Now, I, crazy. That's crazy when you think about that, bro. That's crazy. So only reason I do it because, again, I look at everything – and it, like I said, it's tough. Is he did not win an MVP, which is a travesty within itself. Mm. He, he don't is because somebody that don't even get mentioned all the time is like Moses Malone. And depending on who you talk to, his MVPs are not seen as impressive as other guys. So you know it's all all that. But bottom line is, James Harden is definitely one of the. Somebody said, I put Isaiah on my number eleven. I'm not mad at it. I mean, yeah. I'm not mad at it. Again, what he did in an era that was dominated by big centers like big men mm. everybody had a center centers that if you're young you probably don't even know who james donaldson is or michael cage michael cage may rest in peace kevin duckworth you know like every team had uh some form of a center mark west with the Suns for you know for years mm. you know you know so i like what cleveland did and i was looking at it while we was talking da 
They're 11th right now, bro. And with yeah. the playing games, it's they could sneak into the playoffs because mm-hmm. I Torian Prince is good, Jared Allen is good. And if Long Sexton can write the ship, I don't know what's going on with uh Kevin Love. I'm gonna look it up real quick and see if I can see anything because I, I honestly, to be honest with you, bro, I forgot about him. Just keeping it a buck, I forgot about Kevin Love. I hadn't even. <laughs> I, I, I just like it's want to be there, man. He want to contend. Listen, Kevin Love, if you want out, take a buyout. <laughs> you yeah, see, know that, that's where it gets tricky. That's, that's where it give up sixty percent of your money. You know, <laughs> that's what's going to him. He's gonna have to give up a year. This is gonna have to. This was gonna be. He got this year. He's gonna have mm-hmm. to get. They're gonna have to give up a whole year. You know what I'm saying? You're going to have to give up. You're going to have to give something up. If you want to play, if you want to do it, then go do it. <laughs> you don't want to be there. But Kevin, out three to four weeks with a right calf strain. He'll be reevaluated. Okay, whatever that is. Okay, cool. What about this with Kyrie Irving? Okay. What if what if the James Harden move is actually insurance? You know what I'm saying? Like, what about if they, like, if they, listen, they Kyrie don't want to play, what if Kyrie just want to be traded? I'm just hypothetically. They can get all those pick back they lost plus some young talent or something like that. KD and James Harden still enough, yo. <laughs> you know no, I mean? no. I mean, let's not let's not <laughs> jump head first out the window. No, of course, of course. Because I didn't even, let's let's look at KD's stats real quick. I want to be on I want to be on point because right now they sit seventh in the yeah seventh in the, in the East. They six and six. KD is. <laughs> and like when you watch them, it's like certain nights, just me being a basketball, you know, head, I could tell like the timing ain't always there sometimes, but he's still at 29 points. Effective field goal percentage, 60%. He's shooting 44 from three and 53 from the field while getting eight boards and almost six assists. I'm laughing because he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a one point percentage <laughs> away from 30. <laughs> he's a machine. He's a machine. God, we missed you, KD. We yeah, missed you, bro. Man. Glad to see you. And you know what? And I said this going in. I never asked you this. I felt like him and John Wall, Dwight Powell, uh, it was a couple other guys. I thought they were going to show us how far we came as far as sports medicine with the Achilles injury, bro. And look, look. I mean, look, he and he had one play. What game was that? It might have been the Hawks when he went up and he was above the square. He got fouled, but he was above the square. and He jumped off the leg that he hurt. So, no, that might that that's a fair point. And I think somebody said that in the comments. I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it right now. I think he gets traded if he continues to mysteriously leave from ball games. Hey. What what do Kyrie want? You know what I'm saying? Like if, if I don't think that team's gonna want him right now because of what's going on. You know, well, we don't know what's going on. We're not like we said earlier when we started, we're not gonna label Kyrie. You know what I'm saying? We're not gonna do that. You know what I'm saying? We don't know what's going on. Do I don't think he wanna be traded. I think this is gonna galvanize him, man. I really do, man. I think so too. <laughs> um, if you got any questions for us in the comments, go ahead and drop them in right now. So just to recap, man. A lot of moving parts, eight unprotected picks, man, for the Rockets, man. That's that's, that's incredible going forward, especially with this year's draft coming up. Mm-hmm. And again, what this past year's draft have shown, and I've been saying this, if you follow me, is that even though we didn't have the superstar talent, it was loaded with players that can play in this league for a long time. 
And I think that's going to continue because while we're looking at the K Cuttinghams, the Jalen Suggs, uh, the Mobileys out of USC, I'm just going off the top of my head. We're forgetting about Jalen Green out there with the G League team. Uh, they got a couple other guys over there. So the, the draft is loaded again, man. And even the year after that, the draft is loaded. So with Imani Bates possibly coming out and, and those guys. So, you know, the, for them to be in position to have those picks, man, I think it's incredible, man. Anything else you want you want to add before we close out? Um, I want I, you brought up something when you was talking about Kyrie in the media with Boston, and um, when he was in Boston, and we're not going to name no names, but there was definitely a prominent media person that was mm-hmm. just out him on other on a, on a, on a, on a, um on Brian Windhorse's podcast. Every chance that person got, they blasted Kyrie. You know, I don't know why. Don't know why. Don't know why. It wasn't like Kyrie was a bad whatever. I don't know. I'm just thinking like maybe Kyrie shunned that person, um, you know, during an interview or or whatever. Maybe they, that person wanted to write a story and Kyrie was just like, no, nah, it's a story or whatever. And then like, you know, like the Bible says, the pen is mighty than the sword, baby. You know what I mean? I'm always going right. to run. I'm always going to run that saying to the ground when it comes to media because it's so true. You yep. know what I'm saying? Like you got people yep. that want Kyrie to to retire today and stuff like that, just throwing crazy stuff out there. You got the whole social media, Twitter sphere and a frenzy and stuff. You know what I mean? Um, and think about it. Somebody on the media blew up. Car- wow. There you go. <laughs> I was just about to say that too. For no reason. At For all. No reason. He said that he liked Kyrie too. Yeah. So it's like, if you like him, what, what, what are we do doing? Do? But see, I, I did a podcast about this last year and I wasn't trying to begrudge anybody because at the end of the day, if that's what you feel like you need to do to feed your family and that's what's going on, that's cool. But you know me, DA, what I try to do is just add perspective and big picture. Yes. I really feel like in this society, we're headed down a dangerous road of no balance, just everything being sensationalized, hot takes. And what I'm starting to notice in the basketball world, I don't know about other sports because I don't cover other sports, but we're kind of starting to rewrite history and how we view players with some of these crazy narratives and the ego is so big because it used to be you didn't necessarily know what these writers look like. You know what I mean? You just wrote your article. But now the art, the, the writers are media people now. They're I mean, they're celebrities now. They have Twitter accounts. They have Instagram. They have TV shows. And I said it with the whole when they broke when he called the media pawns or whatever that story was. Yeah. I was one of them guys like he don't want to talk. He don't want to talk like who cares? Like that don't hurt my ego. But it seems to be a lot of this, who do you think you you are? And and I'm going to throw this out here. People could take it how they want to take it. It's always that vibe from the black athlete of, I dare you, you privileged, you making millions of dollars. It's the whole what? Shut up and dribble narrative. I get a lot of those vibes and a lot of that energy from the media, people on social media. And again, you know, I look at guys that that look like me, other black men that look like me, and my, and I just you know I got love for my people like that, bro. And I just be like, sometimes I be thinking, just kind of get ahead of the story so we don't have to deal with all this. But at the yeah. same time, I get it. They don't owe these people anything like that. People don't understand that, and people think because they making millions of dollars. Like I heard people saying stuff like, well, "Firemen get paid this, and teachers like no." Now we're talking about two separate conversations. At exactly. the end of the day, they're employed by a billion dollar business. They get paid what that business brings in. If you feel like it's too much money, then let's stop supporting the product. Then the, then, the, then the money will go down. But until that happens, 
It is what it is. Is bro? I, <laughs> listen, man, you spitting right now, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, like <laughs> I, it's a dangerous thing, man. Because we can only—I don't even want to turn into politics, but just look what's going on politically. Because everybody's just trying to get the next story, the next click. There's nobody reporting facts or news or anything. It's mm-hmm. everything is sensationalism. So Denzel Washington once said that everybody want to be first. Nobody want to be right. Yeah. Right. That's a fact. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody want to be first to some type of news. Nobody want to be right. Everything like sensationalized and stuff, you know, it's it's crazy, especially in basketball. You know, it, it's, it's, it's just crazy because, you know, basketball players, their faces is out there and stuff. You know what I mean? Now, like once something happens, when, when one person from the media, like where Kyrie called everybody pawns and like you said on your podcast, you said that wasn't right. You shouldn't have did that. I agree with you. Yeah. Now. Just because he said that doesn't mean now if Kyrie go average 40 for the season or something like that and win now, right? Yeah, you got to give him the award, you know what exactly. I'm saying? Regardless, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, right now, if Kyrie's playing like a first team or NBA player, if you look at the numbers, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Brooklyn would be better right now if he was they, they was playing more games, you know what I'm saying? You know, obviously, yep. they would be better, yep. they would be better further along, you know what I'm saying? So, with, with Kyrie, like with, with this whole media thing, it, it just has to stop. That's why, like, like. You don't see Ron, you know, doing any like media things like that. That's why he actually shut down podcasts. You don't want to even be seen no more because of how it was for him. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like you got media people getting really personal with him. I remember even when Ron hit James Harden with that bow, we all know, all right, cool, it was bad. I even admit that. Yo, he shouldn't have yeah. did that. Yeah. I know why, I know why he did it, but it right. goes back some years when you know, all right, a whole other story. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I don't know. I was saying that's like a whole, a whole nother. Yeah, it's not a crazy story, but just over the years, yeah. James Harden, when um, when James Harden scored, he always just get in Ron's way and just like standing there, like well, LeBron did it to Frank Nitekina when he got to, when it was in Cleveland or whatever, when it got to mm-hmm. the whatever. Yeah. something like that. Ron just got tired, like yo, you gotta stop, you gotta stop, you gotta stop, or else then it crossed the line and stuff like that. But now you had that after he hit it, you had John Barry, and I actually had to talk to John Barry personally. When I was in LA, it was like because he called him Meta Weird Peace. And I'm like, yo, you can't do that. Like, yeah. you, can't, you can't you can't cross the line because you you it's disrespectful. So yeah. like I was like, I had to talk to him. I'm like, listen, first of all, when you do that, you're disrespecting my family. Now yeah. you're disrespecting the name, even though our test and world peace is two different last names, it's still it's still his name, name. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like where we come from, you know, I mean, my, my parents raised us right. You know what I'm saying? We came up from nothing and stuff like that. Like, even how my basketball background is, I don't know how to play basketball in the jungle gym before I touched the court for three years. Talk <laughs> to him, DA. Me, talk to him, DA. People, you know what I'm yeah, we didn't have hoops, and I, I did the same yeah. thing. Talk to him. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how. I don't, I, I'm so surprised. I, I think I'm immune to every type of freaking bacteria because <laughs> between the, the jungle gym and the trash can and the hood, you know what I'm saying? I don't know how I didn't get pricked with crack. Crack needles crazy, immune system. crazy immune system. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what mask? Now nah, I'm just playing. Wear your mask. Nah, but I'm just saying, like, you know, we 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 Ron Ron worked very hard. Like in, in the wintertime, in the wintertime, my dad and my my brother worked out very hard in the wintertime to where um to the point where like um my dad was basically um shoveling the snow in the courts. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So so yeah. Ron could so Ron could practice on his game and stuff, you know? And so like when it's hard to make it to the NBA. Like today, there's less than 4,800 people in the 75-year NBA history that played this game. Yeah, I don't you know, think, you know? I don't think people understand that, but I think what's going on too, and Mike Tyson, I think, said this last year, whatever, whenever he said it, that bottom line, I don't I'm not saying 
advocating violence, but it used no. to be a set of set of rules. Like if you said certain things, I'm from Chicago, you from Queensbridge. So you, we, you already know, and I'm not saying I'm no tough guy. I didn't get yeah. and all that. But again, I grew up in that environment. You say the wrong thing. Like cats was getting hit in their mouths. Like, we got something in Chicago called a pumpkin head. Like, getting your head swollen up like a pumpkin head. And you, you learn, we come from that era because we're in our upper 30s where respect and how you talk to people. And yeah. if you're not going to say it to my face, don't say it through Twitter. Don't say it on Instagram. Because like Benny the Butcher said, I'm the same person the way I am on the ground. Like, Yo, like, like, I thought it was a simple line, but one of the realest lines. Like, I'm the same yeah. person. And a lot of these guys and these these media people, they getting out of their bodies with a lot of this stuff, some of the former players. Like, they was even on the show last night on Players Court. One of the former players was cracking jokes about Kyrie, talking about, you know, is there a birthday party I can go to? You know, like, making these little, like, sly remarks, man. And, like, and it's getting, like, it's getting through gazy and corny. But real quick, uh, my man Mark, you know, Marcus asked, if you're Boston, do you make any moves or do you have enough to challenge and revise the Bucks and Nets. Now, mm. They need one more player. They do. They need another big man. Like, they need they need size. Like, Tristan Thompson is actually two years too late. But with the virus and everything going on with Boston, they got to kind of let that settle and see and reevaluate some things. But they need they need one more player. What do you think? Can I ask you a Boston question? I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up because, yeah. yo, I just feel like Tatum and, and, and Jalen Brown, I love what they're doing. I just mm-hmm. still feel like Jalen Brown's a natural small forward, and I still feel like his game is being held back a little bit. I even think even with Jason, Jason Tatum playing the four, you know what I'm saying? I kind of feel like like that's that's the issue right there because Jason Tatum need to be at that small forward spot where he'll flourish more and he takes less punishment. Jalen Brown is not a two guard, you know what I'm saying? Like he he's a he's a natural three. I don't know what Boston does in the future with that. Like I think the a- issue is, and it's not knocking him personally. I think they move smart. I've been saying that. I think they should move smart, see if you can get a big man back. Let Kimba come back. Peyton Pritchard is your backup then. You love that Peyton. <laughs> no, I'm just, I, I love him, and then I'm just watching him play. Yeah. Like People haven't even really seen it the full yet because he's still kind of playing off the ball a lot of times. He's a, a true point guard that can handle that ball. So to me, smart is kind of that piece that can kind of resettle everything, and then he still has value. I think you can get something back without having to give up Tatum and Brown. It's interesting though because Tatum is the more skilled player right now, even though I think Brown is closing that gap. But Jalen is the more kind of athletic player. See, I broke this down. Tatum struggles at times and settles because he doesn't have the foot speed to just flat out beat people off the dribble and get to the basket. I'm telling you, I'm giving you guys who's watching a homework assignment. Watch when Tatum scores easily i'm not saying he doesn't ever do it because you'll have that one person who's like oh he just did it right there by and large he's either catching the ball on the move when brad stevens draws something up or he's catching it in the pinch post and catching them in rotations and he's able to beat people but when he's at the top he's not going to just be able to beat you off the dribble the same way as brown but that would be my answer because he's really the only person you have am i wrong for thinking that jalen brown's a better player because i kind of be thinking that sometime like i do too I like them both. I do too. (laughs) You know, nowadays they make this, this big competition where if you think one guy's better, you think the other guy isn't. I just think what happened was Boston. And I said this on clubhouse, Boston caught lightning in the bottle that year. Jason Tatum's rookie year. And we just really went crazy. Not allowing him to fully kind of develop. 
because I didn't think he was all NBA last year. I didn't think he was all NBA over Bam, per se. I know he had okay. the, bigger, the bigger numbers. I, I get how we are with numbers, but put it like this. I thought it was 50-50. It could have went either way. So, again, mm. I just thought we anointed Tatum with that. And now some people are just not coming off of that. They're just going to sit on that on that cliff until until the end. Um, do you think Boston makes a run at somebody like Drummond? I mean, yeah, it's expiring, but again, who do they who they give up? You can give up. Um, well, you said smart, right? Smart could be included in that. Um, but what is clutch? What what is clutch? Somebody is lucky in the last minutes. You know, you know when you know you know crunch time shots really when it's like when it's like three four three seconds of it's really just prayers. Honestly, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, let's just use perspective. So he hit the game winning shot against the Pistons at the, at Detroit. Who hit the three before that? Mm-hmm. Aylen Brown. So mm-hmm. I mean, it's all relative when you get to throwing stuff out that Marcus says. Smart as the glue guy who moves into that role. I mean, somebody else can move into that role. Me personally, I think that's kind of overrated a little bit in pro sports. That glue guy type of thing. I think it it varies from roster to roster. I'm just saying. If they want to get better this year, I think he's the only logical piece that they're able to move. Mm. Somebody said Trey, P.J. Tucker. So what about a 10-day contract for a big in Boston? Yeah, that's what we're trying to figure out, like who who they go get, you know, Um, because Philly, I'm I'm just not sold on Philly like that. I have to see it in the playoffs. I just – yeah. I, I could be stubborn, but I just don't see how it works in this era the way they they choose to play. But again, we got a lot to we got a lot to go. But I want to thank my my guest. Uh, he was on the pod last time when we broke down the wire. We compared NBA players to to the to the uh, iconic, I should say, the iconic show, the Wire characters. Mm-hmm. I want to thank my man Daniel Artest of Daniel Artest Podcast. Da. Go ahead and plug your stuff. Let people know where they can find you, the media company, because he has his own podcasting media network as well. Go ahead, plug your stuff. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me on, man. Short, um, short notice, but hey, we get it done per usual, man. You hey, know? I, I, I well, didn't maybe. Anything, but we had to. We had to. Yeah, we had to. We had to, definitely. Um, yeah, you can find me on um, Instagram and Twitter. That's at Daniel Artest Pod. That's D-A-N-I-E-L-A-R-T-E-S-T-P-O-D. That's Instagram and Twitter. Also, on Instagram and Twitter, you can find my social media, I mean, my podcast media network, um, 265 Media. That's two, the word 60, the number five, media, all one word. That's on Instagram and Twitter as well. So um, thank you once again, Zach, for having me on the show, man. Appreciate it, man. You can follow me on Twitter, Zach at the Off the Glass. Zach at the Off the Glass. Instagram, Zach the Off the Glass Podcast. The website, www.theofftheglasspodcast.com. The links to the Patreon pages there. If you want to support the podcast, again, cost $5 a month or $60 for the year. So support mm-hmm. the pod. We also got some new merchandise over there. The link is over there to make sure to hit that. The website, again, is www.theofftheglasspodcast.com. Mm-hmm. I'm your host, Zach. Thanks to my co-host on this episode, my man, Daniel Artest of the Daniel Artest Podcast. And you know my model, fan of no team for the love of basketball. Talk soon.